often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 553. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse with my with my agent. I almost said with my agent, with my cat, Agent Fox Mulder, pretty close to me over here looking out the window, keeping him chill at the moment. We're recording kind of early in the morning. Well, it's morning still. I wouldn't say early in the morning. It's like pushing 11 a.m. For Saturday, it's kind of early. For, well, it's early for me to record. <laughs> I normally go like late afternoon or so these days. Maybe slightly earlier than that. Usually, I don't do it in the morning, and I'm jacked on a fucking monster energy. So I got that going for me at the moment. I take it every day at work, though, so there's a good chance it won't last real long. It it gets me way more jacked than Red Bull. The the old monster. There's like a monster inside me now. And there's, oh, there's Fox Mulder giving his <laughs> support. He was distracted with the window. Now he's like, oh, shit, he's talking. I need to contribute in some manner. He's looking back out the window. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he just wanted to tell me about something. There's like a bird or something. Wanted to, like, hey, dude, check it out. I'm not sure what's going on there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, starting out great. Just wow! I hopefully I can keep this energy. I, I uh, it's hard these days. I'm old, as you know. Last week I turned the old four two. I mean, I blink my eyes. I'm gonna be like fifty, and then sixty, and then dead, <laughs> or whatever. You know, it, maybe I won't make it that long. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, but uh, the way I feel at the moment, I mean, I feel like I could go for a while. I could take it. <laughs> I could go the distance. Just keep mainlining monster, I think, is the way to go. That's that's my <laughs> way to keep the, the ticker and everything running. Just mainline it, and everything everything will be just fine. As, uh, <laughs> I recently watched an episode of uh, Good Mythical Morning, if you're unfamiliar. They're, uh, the YouTubers, Rhett and Link, they've been YouTubing since probably the beginning of YouTube. They've been doing it for forever. They are uh, in their 40s as well. And uh, they did a thing on Good Mythical Morning. Uh, I guess it was a while back now. But I've started watching them. Um, I, I've known about them for years. But uh, at work, on break time, I as soon as I started the new job, I, I started uh, taking my breaks out in my car and watching YouTube in my car. Um, mainly because, you know, I'm broke and they've got a pretty nice cafeteria there. And, uh, it's not just like vending machines. They've got like, uh, all kinds of, like a slew of stuff you can buy. Sandwiches, chips, all kinds of drinks and everything. You, know, you just pick it up and there's like a little ch uh, kiosk that, you, you know, swipe your debit card or whatever and you're good to go. And there's all kinds of shit. And that seems dangerous. I'm fucking broke. So <laughs> I pack my own lunch. And I go out and eat in my car. <laughs> anyway. But it's it's worked out. Because like previously, the, the last job, I would just... I would sit in the cafeteria and I would hit the vending machines constantly. Which ended up costing me quite a bit of money. And uh, I would just read stuff uh, on, on like AP and... The Associated Press, you know, and what other what other apps and read emails and shit on break time. But yeah, I wouldn't watch videos because there was other people in the cafeteria and such. Uh, but now, man, I I uh, I rock the YouTube out in my car and watch the Good Mythical Morning like every day. And uh, they were doing a thing. Well, there was one of them. I watched the first video where it was just them taking as much Red Bull as you could safely take in a day <laughs> and uh Rhett <laughs> became psychic on that episode where he uh guessed a number 
I forgot what the it was like one in a hundred maybe I don't know maybe it wasn't quite a hundred, but uh, he told Stevie to uh, pick a number <laughs> within a certain range and Rhett guessed it. Um, right on hit the nail right on the head with the Red Bull. Now, I'm not a scientist nor uh, do I work for Red Bull or any way associated with Red Bull. <laughs> um, but uh. It's, I can't say for certain that Red Bull gives you uh, <laughs> ESP or or ESPN, you know. Um, uh, but it it worked for Rhett in that video at least. Um, <laughs> it gave him clairvoyance, and uh, it was pretty funny. And you know they were jacked up with the Red Bull, but then they did an episode where they did as much monsters as they possibly could. Then they were fucking. That was fantastic. And I got to say, I am on the monster right now. I've only had one monster, but it's like monster doesn't come in like smaller, you know, like Red Bull, you can get like a little pick me up, you know, you can get the 12 fluid ounces where a standard monster is, I don't know how, like it's, it's not a liter. <laughs> I was going to say liter, but <laughs> it's not quite that much. Uh, but uh, the monster, let's see here. see can size I don't think you can get a smaller can uh, I've got like the standard it is oh oh here's the the cat is uh, joining in uh, yeah it is a 24 ounce I guess or no no 16 I guess is like the standard um as please please agent Mulder calm down this is a <laughs> oh boy here uh uh Maybe maybe he can join in on the mics here. No, you don't you don't want to come in on the mic. I <laughs> I've had the yeah, the sixteen ounce I guess can and uh, hopefully he doesn't uh, decide to jump up on the soundboard. He's uh, started the habit now when I play Call of Duty and uh, you know chatting it up with the my buddies and uh, he'll then jump up on the soundboard and start hitting buttons and. Uh, <laughs> But he doesn't do that while I'm doing this. At least I can pause the recording <laughs> and then continue on. As uh, I tell you what, though, the monster. Back to the monster. It's like my brain works better. There's something in there that gives me the the sharp focus and just gets me. And for some reason, I started talking like George W. Bush almost for a second. That's fucked up. As uh, I keep you know going back, digressing towards uh different paths but uh yeah it gives me clarity and just like it's with the old brain there's a lot of brain fog going on and uh <laughs> i know this shit's like horrible for you <laughs> and that i shouldn't take it destroying my teeth and you know rotting all kinds of shit probably fucking up my kidneys all kinds of shit but man my brain works better on it <laughs> So hopefully I don't find out one day that like huffing gasoline or something does that for my brain. I'm not saying it does, but I'm saying, you know, if I were to find that out, you know, and knowing what horrible things that would do to your body, I'd be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Which is probably the best that I don't try a lot of things. <laughs> I don't think, I'm, I'm going to guess though, I could be wrong, but huffing gasoline probably does the opposite for your brain. I don't know that for certain. But I'm I'm just throwing it out there, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, monster, uh, not a sponsor of the show, not a sponsor of the show, but you might say it's fueled by monster. Um, <laughs> uh, after 11 years, I'm gonna need something to fuel me other than PBR, as that was the early fuel for the for the early shows. Um, but th that might be kind of sad for me to just be drunk in here off PBR by myself with the... Well, I'm not by myself. Agent Mulder, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... <laughs> dis not include you, buddy. I mean, you are obviously a valuable part of this show. As he's attacking the power cord to my laptop. And uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't uh, electrocute himself and go all like... Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with the cat and the Christmas tree. Uh, 
That'd be one hell of a mess to clean up off the carpet. And I kind of like the guy. So, uh, you know, and I <laughs> might be kind of sad. Uh, back to George W. Bush for a second, though. Holy fuck, man. Like, uh, been going back down the uh, rabbit hole on the old, uh, you know, uh, Iraq War and all that since uh, it was officially 20 years, I guess, as this month hits since uh, the George W. Bush made the call to uh, invade Iraq. And, uh, man, the cat is f- shit. He is, uh, he's going to be a problem here. He's, uh, <laughs> Fucking with all the power cords now. Hey, psst. Mulder. <laughs> Damn it. Get out of there. Get out of there. Damn it. Okay. This is a... I'm going to have to pause for a second. Okay. I'm back. And he's not currently attacking power cords. That may not last long. Anyway. As he's contributing more. <laughs> So I went down the, of course, the uh, rabbit hole of the Iraq War, going back through that horrible shit, and uh, <clears throat> you know, re- reminiscing why George W. Bush and Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld are horrible, disgusting human beings, of course, and uh, <clears throat> you know, starting just starting this awful war in Iraq and creating falsified evidence uh, of you know WMDs and such. Uh, <clears throat> And it's it's fucking insane that that guy is kind of back in you know the public sphere with the you know his paintings and making jokes about uh, you know Ukraine the war in Ukraine and Iraq you know he had that uh, I guess he you know, he misspoke uh, with the whole thing about uh, one man like invading a country and stuff and talking about. Was talking about Putin, but accidentally said Iraq, like an unjust war or whatever. He's like, oh, Iraq too. Like, oh, yeah, that was me. I'm just committing war crimes. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. I'm just going to go dance with Ellen now. Uh, it's It sucks, man. Like, uh, you know, we, it would be great to see him uh, and Dick Cheney, although I think Dick Cheney's just about to die. That, that fucking guy. Although he's special kind of disgusting that... W- Seems like it would last forever. Uh, but uh, not to go too political here. Um, I think most people these days agree that the Iraq war was unjustified, to say the least. Uh, we didn't have any reason as it being a, a foreign country to Iraq uh, to go invade them. <coughs> And then, you know, it created further problems for us. It created, uh, you know, you can see a direct line to the, our invasion of Iraq to the Islamic State, the growth of that, and uh, just a lot of a lot of shit, a lot of deaths, a lot of hoardedness. And, uh, <clears throat> but, uh yeah. It would be great if the United States would just, like, toss George W. Bush over to the Hague and, uh, you know, have him tried for war crimes. Highly doubt that would ever happen. But uh, I know at one point George W. Bush was supposed to do some kind of book signing for his paintings uh, or something of that nature in in France, I want to say it was. And then uh, they ended up canceling that. Because apparently they... They were afraid that he would be arrested and sent to the Hague and tried for uh, war crimes. But I, I, you know, it's highly unlikely that would ever happen. Highly unlikely. But it kind of gives, you know, Vladimir Putin uh, excuses for the horrid shit that, you know, he's doing over in Ukraine because, like, hey, look, W did it. Now I can do it. Anyway, I I, f- I feel like I've I, I've gone down like a horrid rab- like gone down that rabbit hole enough. No need to bring this shit down. Need to bring it up. I've been uh, I'm jacked on the monster, and I went into this pre-show. Listen to some Rage Against the Machine, which also <laughs> maybe you know gives me flashbacks of the dub. As uh, I remember rocking a lot of Rage back then. 
whenever uh, at that time period. It was not too long after, I guess, the Battle for Los Angeles came out, the third studio album for uh, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, it might have been, I don't remember what year that came out. As uh, I, uh, on a positive note, <laughs> I had just uh, bought a new effects pedal the off of Reverb, which uh, I hadn't really bought anything off Reverb until fairly recently. And man, it's kind of addictive going on Reverb because you get the used gear, musical gear. You're not paying full price for like these effects pedals or whatever the hell you buy off there. And uh, the app is just so nice. I like it just, it's so easy to use and so many options. And uh, you're not paying full price for like, say a brand new pedal, unless it's some, you know, the some boutique pedal or like a clon. You're not paying, like I'm not going to pay <laughs> $5,000 or anything for an FX pedal that you can get clones of, for, you know, like 50 bucks. Uh <laughs> Anyway, I bought a Tom Morello effects pedal. That's why I was rocking the Rage Against the Machine. Uh, he's got the uh, uh, Power 50. Oh, no. My computer's doing weird things. There we go. Power 50 Overdrive. And... Uh, He's got a lot of... It's fun. It's really funny to see, of course, Tom Morello putting out all this signature gear because he's... Rage. And, well, Tom Morello in general, whether it be in Rage or whatever his venture, the Night Watchman, Audio Slave and stuff, is very, you know, uh, for the working man sort of thing and uh, against the government. And that's, you know, I guess... <laughs> Maybe has a lot to do with me, you know, going down the rabbit hole of the Iraq war and everything, going back full into the rage. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, it's very, it, it is funny that he's, you know, selling all this signature gear as, uh, seems kind of go against like a lot of his <laughs> stuff. And he's also one that uses bare bones stuff doesn't like he's always said in interviews that uh it doesn't matter what guitar gear you use and now he's just like but play my gear <laughs> like you can use the shittiest guitar and it's just like it's you just gotta you can make magic with anything basically but then here you buy my shit though <laughs> uh which i have i've bought his shit now uh i bought uh his signature strat from the Audio Slave days, and now his uh, signature overdrive pedal, which this overdrive pedal, the uh, MXR Power 50, I mean, it seems pretty cool. Of course, he uses a uh, Marshall JCM 800. And uh, here, I'll uh, shit, give the uh, synopsis here given by uh, Sweetwater. The uh, MXR Tomarillo Power 50 Overdrive pedal allows you to tap into the raging amp-based overdrive Morello uses to fuel his signature tone. Despite being one of the most innovative guitarists from the last 30 years, Morello's guitar rig has always been famously simple, relying on a trusty amp overdrive for his gnarly sonic signature. The Morello Power 50 Overdrive recreates the preamp stages of Morello's amplifier and gives you the same tone, gain, and presence controls complete with a built-in effects loop. Placed before the presence and tone circuits just like on Morello's amp, the MXR Tomarello Power 50 Overdrive pedal puts a half-stack's worth of tonal tenacity on your pedal board. Yeah, so... it gives, I use it, of course, with the... Uh, I've got still have the... Uh, the amp that I use here at home is... Um, <coughs> Oh, I'm looking at all these other pedals. I'm going to get a little sidetracked. Uh, the Fender Champ 100. And I use it as like an effects platform, basically. I put it on a clean channel and usually rock the diesel VH4 to get my tool tones through there. Um, for some reason, though, I can never seem to get the effects loop to work on the amp. So I actually, I was, what really kind of sold me on this pedal was the fact that I could, uh, 
Uh, hell, you can. You don't even need an amp. You can. Uh, you can run it <clears throat> straight through the pedal, and uh, it basically works as an amp. I could run that fucker right into my like soundboard and shit. Um. <clears throat> anyway, though. The effects loop, for whatever reason, doesn't work on my amp, and I was pretty excited that this pedal has the effects loop. Now, doing what I normally play, playing a lot of Tool and stuff, I plug it straight into the front of the amp, all my effects pedals. But again, if you want that Morello tone, you don't want to do that, because he gets that clean wah tone and all that stuff that uh, the uh, distortion and everything isn't like creeping its way into the effects, all the modulation and everything, not fucking degrading it where'd you put it into that effects loop and uh <clears throat> those tones clears it up a lot and that's something that's bothered me trying to play uh Rage Against the Machine shit is uh, plugging it straight into the front of the amp <clears throat> and for, again I don't know why the hell the effects loop is, doesn't appear to work <laughs> on that amp um everything else works great on it <clears throat> for some reason the effects loop just uh does not appear to work <laughs> which I probably should have just sent the amp back but when I first bought it like I wasn't really I didn't really care to use the effects loop so I'm like <laughs> and now, hell now I'll, go, I'll have a pedal to where I, I don't have to worry about an effects loop but yeah this pedal man I mean it it gives you that JCM 800 tone which I, I love a good Marshall tone. I've got the Marshall Valve Stack over uh val- Valve Stack Valve State amp. It's still over at Muffin Man's. Uh, but it's not like the best like Marshall tones. I mean, it sounds like a Marshall and everything, but it's not a tube amp and everything. And it's not it's not a JCM 800, which is a you know pretty popular Marshall. And uh, so this will give me that sound. And, uh, of course, I don't never bother bringing the uh, Marshall back over here because I'm not going to plug that thing in without <laughs> headphones or anything. And it's just kind of silly to have a Marshall where you're fucking rocking headphones. I th- I don't even be sure that it has a headphone jack. I think it does. <laughs> but it's like you play a Marshall, you got to play that without headphones, man. You got to crank that fucker. And I can't do that here, so... Sharing walls with the neighbors makes it a little bit di- little difficult. Why not just have it in the pedal? And then uh, I can have. I like having it. On, I kind of like the amp in a box pedals now, where I can have all my settings. Like if I want to, you know, play some rage, I can just flip over to the power fifty and have all the settings already in there. And then i want to go back to playing some tool where, you know, there's, the settings are going to be quite a bit different. I just go over to the diesel VH4 pedal and, uh, like, Adam Jones from Tool, of course, uses, like, just the mids are all cranked, whereas you're going to jump over to Morello, and he's only got the mids about halfway, and he's got a lot more clean sound than Adam Jones. You're going to have a lot more gain with the, with the Tool sounds. And a lot of that is like the pickups used on <coughs> the guitar, whereas uh, Morello actually uses the neck pickup mainly on songs. And he's got, uh, at least on the Strat one, the Fender Noiseless pick- single-coil pickups. And, you know, it's a lot cleaner-sounding pickup than, say, the Adam Jones, which is using mainly the bridge pickup which is a Seymour Duncan uh, DDJ that uh, it's a dirty pickup. Like, you don't need to have much <laughs> much gain on the amp or whatever overdrive pedal because it's already, you crank the volume on that guitar and it's already going to have a little bit of grit to it just from that pickup. But yeah, anyway, I'm pretty excited to get that pedal as... <clears throat> I I've had a I've got pretty much Tom Morello's effects board going on, and uh, never quite I haven't tried in a long time. I mean I I might be able to dial it in on my amp anyway without this pedal, like a fairly decent. If if, if of course I could get that damn effects loop to work, it would probably sound a lot better. 
But I would have to change the set. I hate changing the settings on the amp and then going back and like, okay, I want to play this song from, you know, kind of like Rage Song, and then I want to go to Tool. I don't want to have to fucking keep changing all the fucking settings on the amp, you know, dial it back in. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm pretty pretty damn excited about that. It's, uh, <laughs> and it, it looks very Morello-ish. It's red with a black star on it. And, uh, <clears throat> been watching all kinds of Rage leading into this. And I listened to uh, Ella Steparia, which I believe I talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast, the uh, drummer on YouTube and Instagram. That's fucking just insanely, insanely good. And he's done several covers of Rage Against the Machine songs and made the drum parts a little bit harder, a little bit harder. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I don't know how to segue into this. <laughs> I was trying to find a good segue. Uh, but, of course, I watched the most recent episode of Mandalorian and uh, the season three of Mandalorian. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil it. Um, it's really sad to me that, that Fiener has passed away. Now, the late, great Fiener is no longer with us because I gave him shit for years whenever a new Star Wars movie would come out. And, of course, I would see it before he would. And uh, every time we'd get into it and I'd try to – I would tell him I was going to spoil it as we would uh, – I believe I did this on the podcast a few times. And uh, I told him Jar Jar Banks was in it. <laughs> created storylines for Jar Jar Banks. It's like, damn it, quit. they brought back fucking Jar Jar. <laughs> he would get so pissed off. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think I did that several times. I don't recall exactly and verbatim or anything like this, but I know I gave him shit about it and tried, you know, like, oh, I'm going to ruin it for you. I'm going to ruin the whole movie for you. <laughs> it's Jar Jar. Jar Jar's the whole. Me- Massa Binks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's really funny to me that... Uh, see here uh Jar Jar Binks um and uh, <laughs> they they of course at the latest episode of uh Mandalorian they show how Grogu escaped Order 66 we know now that he was in Coruscant we, it was believed that he was at the Jedi Temple in Coruscant uh during uh Order 66, of course, if you're not from that familiar with Star Wars, I would imagine most people are. <laughs> if you know anything about Star Wars, you've heard, you've heard of Order 66, of course. When Emperor Palpatine issued Order 66, it was to kill all the Jedi. And Jedi released uh, Order 66. Anyway, he uh, <laughs> called for that, and uh, that's when... In uh, Revenge of the Sith, or whatever whatever the title is, Episode 3, <laughs> when uh, Anakin, now Darth Vader, goes back to the Jedi Temple as a Sith, as Lord Vader. He goes to there and starts killing even the younglings, and just going hardcore. And... Uh, <clears throat> We we figured I I don't know that they clarified before I don't I don't recall for certain but it was <laughs> at least I guess hinted at that uh, Grogu was at uh, at the Jedi Temple and uh, we know now he was and he was saved by a certain Jedi. Uh, <laughs> see here is what the Jedi's name is. Um, forgot the name of the uh, character here. Uh, Teleron Beck. Okay. Teleron Beck is the Jedi that saved Grogu from Order 66 at the Jedi Temple. 
Now, that name may mean nothing to you if you were uh, familiar with Star Wars. However, the actor playing one Teller and Beck is Ahmed Best. And when watching it, <laughs> I recognized him, but I was like, damn it, who? Like, I know this. I know this fella, <laughs> but I couldn't couldn't quite place it. <laughs> I was like, I, like I, I was like I knew I'd seen him. And uh I it didn't quite catch on. And then uh the ship that uh they they get into is uh a Naboo f- uh senatorship. Um one that a said uh, Jar Jar Binks uh was probably used as I know that they used uh Queen Amadala used it. Uh Miss Miss Portman. Uh, mi- oh, he says Miss it. she's married now. Then <laughs> but uh Natalie Portman. Uh her uh she uh <clears throat> of course used that and like the only ones that would possibly use that a senator or anybody from uh Naboo, which by the time of Mandalorian uh, Queen Amidala or Senator Amidala long dead at that point couldn't have been her <laughs> and uh, we got uh, so you know it's the the possibilities of this ship that uh, Kalorin Beck goes into to take off with uh, baby Grogu and uh, you know Palpatine's also from Naboo so it probably wasn't Palpatine shit, but then again, maybe you know, could could very well be Jar Jar's. But the actor playing Kalorin Beck, Ahmed Best, is the actor that portrayed what Jar Jar Binks. He did the motion capture and I believe the voice, and uh, <clears throat> he got a lot of attacks for playing Jar Jar Binks. And uh, it's kind of cool that they they brought him back and gave him a like a, a part as a Jedi. Um, and man, he's just seen this picture of him on Instagram. He is straight up jacked. Uh, just fucking, he wanted to work out apparently to be a Jedi, and uh, doing some serious lifting. It looks like he's got to be, I would imagine, at least in his fifties. I'm not sure his age, but I mean, the prequels were a while ago. And, uh, <clears throat> shit, yeah, he's fucking jacked. Anyway, apparently he, uh, had a lot of, uh, let's see here. This is men's health, what it says about it. Uh, let's read some of this article here. Um,. Seeing Best happy and embraced in his return to the franchise and a wonderful turn of events as portrayal, Jar Jar was met with much criticism upon initial release, and that turned into years of toxic hate from the fan base and others. There was just so much hate and anger and venom directed at me, and I took it personally, said back in 2019 about his experience. I put a lot of me into that work, and if you talk to any artist who really cares about their work, you're talking about them. Best was uh, also open about his experience with racist harassment he got. I was called every racial stereotype you can imagine and revealed that he even contemplated suicide. I felt tired of having to explain myself. I felt tired of having to defend myself and defend my work. I felt tired of having to fight back against racism and the racial stereotypes. I just wanted to play a part. I was exhausted. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that that had, I can't imagine the kind of shit like he went through and he uh i guess did a game show jedi temple challenge which i have not watched is uh he's like a <clears throat> that's the first appearance of Teleron beck um but uh they brought it into it's a star wars kids youtube channel <clears throat> and they brought it into the actual universe so i mean this is this character is canon canon and uh it's it's good that they gave him a better part man that's just like i have heard about the harassment and shit he's gotten playing jar jar and i gotta say i'm not a fan of jar jar I and mean, he's like the worst part of the prequels and 
I don't think they ever intentionally meant for it to be like the slave voice with the massa and all that shit. But I mean, it is. It is the old stereotypical like slave voice. And uh, it just so happens to be. <laughs> Again, I don't think that was intentional. Um, but uh, as it is. Yeah, and uh, I felt kind of bad about the for the guy, seeing as uh, I heard about that stuff previously. And it's kind of cool that they brought that back in. But bringing it back to Fiener, <laughs> it is funny because they, they kind of implied that Jar Jar was, was helping by having the Naboo Starfighter being the one that Kyler and Beck went into. And I don't know that they're ever going to go delve into that. Um, any to show whose ship that was or anything, but you get the impression that a senator helped him, and it seems like it was Mr. Jaw Jaw Banks. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I yeah, I don't know. The, we'll get that, but it's almost like yeah, <laughs> they brought Jar Jar back. I don't know that he would have been upset with the actor of Jar Jar being a Jedi. But I'm sure it would have drove him nuts that, that like, oh, they kind of kind of brought Jar Jar back with, like, the ship and everything. Although I feel like this could be playing into that Jar Jar is a Sith thing, the theory that all along Jar Jar was actually a Sith and it wasn't a bumbling idiot and that... uh Because I I believe, even though it appears that Jedi saved him, I don't think Kyler Beck is a, a Sith by any means. Um, I think he might have been fooled. If there's a Darth Binks, then uh, it could be that uh, he coerced Kyler and Beck to get um, Grogu out of there. To then give, to either use, you know, uh, for himself, the the uh, baby Grogu's metachlorians and stuff to, to work on a cloning project. Or for Sidious, he was working perhaps with Sidious to get, to get baby Grogu out of there. And maybe didn't want to draw attention to the fact that they were saving said Jedi. And this is a... Because uh, <clears throat> people are saying, uh, yeah, Looper says this might just kill the Jar Jar Binks was a Sith Lord theory, which I think that maybe it fuels it more. I think maybe it fuels it more. Whereas Looper says the Mandalorian season three is loaded with surprises for diehard Star Wars fans from Bobo Katan's brief encounter with a living legendary mythosaur to an unexpected actor in episode four. Chapter 20 of the Family. We witness Grogu's uh, dangerous escape. Yeah, yeah. Keller and Beck. All right. We've established that. Um, it's no secret that a large portion of Star Wars fandom found the odd alien being in Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace obnoxious. Our fans may not know the intense wave of violent backlash followed the film. Uh, was it aimed at the actor who portrayed, portrayed Jar Jar? Yada, yada. Got into that already. Um, See here, Keller and Beck's heroic actions essentially debunks the theory. I'm going to say you're wrong. Um, says in the exciting and memorable episode four directed by Grief Karga himself, Mr. Carl fucking Weathers, which I fucking love Carl Weathers. Fucking love that man. And when I think of Carl Weathers, I mean, of course he was <laughs> Apollo Creed, but there was, uh, I think, um, <laughs> I think of uh, Carl Weathers from Commando and uh, uh, I fucking uh, I just love that shot of and I'm looking at fucking Carl Weathers all jacked as Apollo Creed man from 1980 well this is sometime in the 80s okay I guess the character of Apollo Creed died in 1985 uh, man, he was pretty fucking jacked back then. 
I think of him. I think he was more Jack though. When I think of Carl Weathers, I think of Commando and that fucking great uh, handshake between him and Arnold. <laughs> fucking love that. Dutch and uh, Dylan, I think, is this character's name. Dutch being Arnold, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> Carl motherfucking Weathers directed that episode. I fucking love that. Give, gotta give Carl fucking Weathers the love, respect. Anyway, they uh, <laughs> we revisit that fateful day when the clone troopers received Order sixty six to betray the Jedi. On Coruscant, countless Jedi fall to protect Grogu until the powerful master, Kelleran Beck, rescues the youngling in an impressive feat. He wields two lightsabers to protect Grogu while taking out plenty of deserving clone troopers, which I feel like they could have done better with the fight sequence there between him and the clone troopers. Give Kelleran Beck some more. Obviously, he's been working out. They could have given him better. Uh, anyway, it wasn't bad. Like, to- totally bad, but it was... They could have done... Done better there. Anyway, after nail-biting speed chase through the luminescent city, Beck meets with reinforcements to get Grogu out safely as the youngest aspiring Mandalorian watches his armor being smithed. He flashes back to Beck, outrunning two enemy ships and sailing away at light speed. This hopeful ending leaves Beck's return wide open, while the return of Jar Jar Binks, especially an evil one, seems extraordinarily unlikely with Best's new role... Additionally, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker seemingly eradicated the evil Palpatine for good, leaving Jar Jar Binks without a sinister leader. This glaring detail, coupled with best standout part as Keller and Beck, probably kills the evil Jar Jar Binks theories an actor embraces a solitary new role. Again, I'm going to say, though, it's quite possible that Binks uh, could still be bad and that uh, he convinced Beck... To that he was there to help Grogu and instead could have simply turned him over to the fucking Emperor to to, to Palpatine or attempted to you know because it you know we know that at the beginning of the Mandalorian like uh not even I mean the Empire's defunct by that point but there's still obviously factions of the Emperor's Empire still uh, out there like uh, Grand uh, uh, well, Moth Gideon uh, being the one searching for Grogu in the uh, uh, beginning. So we know at that point, like, he was not in the hands of the Empire. Um, but there is a possibility that at one point he was, you know. Uh, but Keller and Beck could, probably didn't turn him over to the dark side, but there could have been a plot for Jar Jar, the evil Jar Jar, Darth Binks. That he could have uh, attempted to get his hands on one Grogu for that sweet, sweet metachlorian DNA, high metachlorian count DNA, and to to clone it. And you know who knows what happened. Just saying, just saying, Jar Jar Binks could still be a Sith. He could still be a Sith. It's possible. I don't think they're probably actually going to bring Binks back in any way, shape, or form, at least in The Mandalorian. But, you know, it's it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> and uh, I highly doubt Keller and Beck would want to be involved in that, though. That's the, one, that's the big reason I don't think that they would bring back Binks uh, as a character for that because such the harassment that he received I I highly doubt that he would bring back the Jar Jar even if they had the darker storyline that like it all along he was not the stumbling idiot and that you know maybe he talks differently this is like this (laughs) maybe Jar Jar was just watching a lot of old racist Disney movies and got that that slave voice the stereotypical voice from all like the original like Disney movies back when the shit was like highly offensive although at the time I guess it wasn't considered offensive by you know white people um <laughs> as uh <sighs> a lot of, I mean you watch a lot of that early Disney shit man there's there's a lot of it <laughs> they're portraying especially like their portrayal of like Japanese people as well like that that shit was 
But, you know, World War II is going on and stuff. Not that, you know, doesn't really excuse racism, but uh, <laughs> there was a lot of, lot, of, lot of bad shit in that early Disney stuff. A lot of bad shit. Even in, like, Dumbo and everything. Was it Dumbo, the one with the uh, racist crows? And uh, stereotypically racist. <clears throat> um, but th- it's possible that, uh, well, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess he wouldn't have to watch old old shit like that because his class of people just talk like that. That's just uh, the uh, was that Jar Jar Banks's people. The uh, shit, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the, the people from Naboo, <laughs> the, uh, uh, I don't, Jar, Jar, uh, yeah, the, uh, Me- Misa people, the, <laughs> the, uh, God damn it. uh, Gungans, yeah, he was a Gungan. Uh, but yeah, all the Gungans like kind of talk like that. They all kind of, yeah. I, I, the one leader. I, I was gonna try to attempt to do that voice, and yeah, like already as soon as I started to make sound, like yeah, it was off. Let's. The, there's no need for me to do that. You, sir, Jar Jar Binks. And I still, I feel myself trying to go into it. It's, it's not working out. It's not working out. Um, kill that. <laughs> uh, but I think they could at least insinuate in the show that Jar Jar was evil in, in like, The Mandalorian. They could lay it out, lay out the facts that Jar Jar was working with Palpatine secretly. And that maybe not a Sith per se, but definitely not who he appeared to be. And I, I, I don't think that they would actually put Jar Jar in it, but they could definitely, you know, add more to that. Add more to the character of Jar Jar. Flesh him out a little bit more. Of course, so that, yeah, again, he's probably, you know, he's probably not putting on a voice. <laughs> Probably another thing. Although maybe he could talk differently. He could be like more bass heavy voice. Like Darth Darth Binks could be a lot heavier. Just, you know, I mean almost sounding Vader esque. Give him more of a James Earl Jones tone. That'd be a good pedal. <laughs> like it'd be more of a bass pedal though, you know? Get the Luke. The <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess the pedal would just give you the, like the breathing sound effects. You give like the the scuba scuba tank gear. I think is what they use to the, whoop, whoop. <laughs> just play an instrument and then just add that. I guess it'd be more of a vocal thing. As uh, <laughs> you can play like the Cantina band song or something. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I fucking fucking love Star Wars though. Just just a fan, just a fan. As uh, I I think we're gonna get more like cameos of big characters though this season. I still, still you know expect Mace to reappear in this universe at some point. Maybe it'll be in the Ahsoka series, or I don't know. They got the New Republic or what? No, not the New Republic. That won't, won't be a thing. Um, as uh, Ahsoka, as I don't know if I spelled that right. I'm not sure when. <clears throat> when uh, that series is. Oh, I spelled it wrong. <laughs> that would be why. Uh. See the release date. That's got to be coming. Yeah, filming began early May of last year. It's going to be mid to late 2023. I don't know how accurate that was. Yeah, still no. As of a few weeks ago, it's still not an official release date on that one. But I feel like that one. I mean, it's going to be more Jedi involved. 
that one seems like it would be a good um, series to bring back Samuel motherfucking Jackson. Ain't no... I'm tired of these snakes on this motherfucking goddamn plane. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired of these motherfucking Gungans on this goddamn motherfucking plane. (laughs) Uh, That would... I would love to hear him say motherfucker in the Star Wars universe. You know, after, like, Palpatine fucked him up with that force lightning and, like, he flew out that fucking window and all that shit, I imagine he's going to be a lot more pissed. He's going to have a lot more reason to be like, motherfucker. As, uh... Everything out of his mouth is probably, I'm Mace motherfucking Windu, bitches. (laughs) And he's probably going to look rough. I think that Force Lightning really fucked him up. And I think he's going to embrace somewhat of the dark side, this this Mace Windu. Just saying. Be more of a Samuel L. Jackson, like old school, just fucking kind of a badass. I mean, Mace Windu's a badass, too, and he's not exactly, like, uh, I feel like Mace Windu, even before, might have, you know, just clung to the dark side just a little bit, you know, would tap into that a little bit, because he's a bad motherfucker. Though, clearly, I mean, he's a good guy. He's he's a Jedi. And, uh, but, man, I think he really went turned a little bit, you know, with that, that fucking getting fucked up, Anakin fucking him over. Although he never, I don't think he ever really trusted Anakin. It seemed like he wasn't for training him and such. He was always a bit apprehensive. But, uh, after Anakin just fucked him over and, uh, he gets just zapped by that lightning and getting, what is his hand get cut off or is it arm? I don't remember now. (laughs) I imagine he just fucking boom. But you'd think, though, he would have came back and tried to take on Palpatine and or Vader. And uh, at that point, I guess it was just survival. And just he probably had to, you know, get robotic parts and shit. (laughs) As, uh, you know, you would think that as powerful as Yoda and Obi-Wan were and stuff, that they would have reconvened and then uh, d- maybe like worked at it a little bit harder like you know together we could maybe go back and take out Sidious that that it didn't happen it didn't happen like they were like we're just going to train these kids they're the new hope we were defeated once in battle <laughs> well Obi-Wan wasn't Obi-Wan wasn't man he beat fucking Darth Vader thought Anakin was dead and Vader Vader slash Anakin and uh, left him to, well, left him to die. As uh, that was a mistake. He should have finished him off. Should have finished him off, and then they would have just been able to. Then, I don't know if Vader, if there's no Vader, would I guess it, I would assume it would have been easier to go after uh, Sidious. You know, maybe Yoda, Obi Wan hook up, and Mace Windu. I'm sure he's out there somewhere. I'm sure he's out there somewhere. And if he was, like, did he contact Yoda and such? Or did he just go completely batshit crazy? Maybe the Force Lightning kind of fucked with his memories and shit a little bit. And, uh, he was a little beside himself. And, uh, did not reach out to Yoda and such. And just kind of went on his own. And decided to say, fuck the whole Jedi thing. And just turn on the bad. Turn on the Samuel L. Jackson. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, oh, there's got to be some Mace Windu. There's, I feel, I've gone down this path before with Star Wars where I, I look into too much shit about the, the leaks. And I'm afraid to even do this. But I, I know, like, I found out about the Tamir Morrison, him coming back and the Boba Fett shit before it coming out. And it kind of ruined it a little bit. Kind of ruined it. I feel like <laughs> there's probably already been leaks. <laughs> um, uh, apparently the chapter 20 says, d- oh, the, there was the fan theory that I guess that Mandel, uh, that Mace Windu survived or helped uh, Grogu survive Order 66. 
which uh, apparently wasn't the case. Apparently wasn't the case. Uh, <clears throat> man, he told he's totally out there somewhere, man. Samuel Jackson's getting pretty old too. They need to hurry up if they're gonna, you know, get him in a film or a TV series. Like that's uh, one yeah, he got his hand chopped off. This is a uh, uh yeah, he's totally alive. There's a uh, <laughs> Yeah, now it's like saying there's all the kinds of stuff. Seven or order 66 Grogu theories debunked. Uh which Keller and back too on the uh the kid show, the Jedi Temple Challenge, has a purple lightsaber to you know show the the love for Mr. Samuel L. Jackson, Mr. Mace fucking Windu. Uh, who he really should have came back to take on fucking Palpatine, man. Fucking after getting his hand cut off, man. Should have went after it. This is a. Uh, Wait, what? Hold, hold on a minute. <laughs> Slash film, film actually has an article. This is interesting. Some, it's somewhat related here. Uh, Slashfilm.com. Tupac Shakur could have played Mace Windu in Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, but I believe he was dead by the time. I don't. Remember, yeah, ninety six. Yeah, he was murdered in ninety six. When did they fucking film that? Because it was ninety nine. I think that it came out. Tupac Shakur's socially conscious poetry and fiery political lyrics are forever cemented in music history, but the legendary rapper also had a burgeoning career in acting. Upon the time of his uh, tragic murder in uh, September of 96, Tupac was becoming all the more prolific as a performer, his filmography growing even after his death. What's more, there was a chance that eventually audiences would have seen the rapper slash actor pop up in big-budget movies like the Star Wars prequels, in which George Lucas may have cast him as Mace Windu. There's a may have, which... Is there any... Did they want him? <laughs> See here, uh, Tupac was always involved in the world of the stage ever since his childhood days at the Baltimore School for the Arts, where he acted in Shakespeare productions that influenced his depictions of gang conflicts. The artist's breakout lead role was in the 92 crime drama Juice which future Mace Windu actor Samuel L. Jackson also appeared in. Uh, before this, he made a musical cameo in Dan Aykroyd's 91 gonzo black comedy film, Nothing But Trouble, which is fantastic because it doesn't mention it in this article here. But Tupac was in uh, Digital Underground, that, uh, you know, the, the fucking group behind uh, the Humpty Dance. And Tupac was, like, playing the, the keys, I believe. For Digital Underground, and he's like back there, like in the the scene in Nothing But Trouble. Anyway, um, besides this, Tupac also starred in the 93 romance Poetic Justice alongside Janet Jackson, the sports film Above the Rim, written by New Jack City scribe Barry Michael Cooper, and the posthumously released Bullet and Gridlocked. Uh, in what probably more than a bit of typecasting, Tupac's roles were often based in gritty urban environments involved Crime and drugs, however, Star Wars The Phantom Menace would have presented him a truly different opportunity to play a Jedi Master in a galaxy far, far away. Pack the Pac the Jedi. <laughs> Here, uh, according to former Death Row Records chief engineer Rick Clifford, George Lucas was eyeing Tupac to star in his return to the Star Wars saga. Clifford talked about how understandably excited Tupac was for the role how Samuel L. Jackson eventually eventually replaced him. Uh, it's uh, officially unclear as to whether Lucas had actually made a final decision on Tupac's casting by the time of his death, and Lucas himself has never commented on this possibility. It might have not been the only time that Tupac would have entered the world of blockbuster science fiction either. There's a chance that he also could have played Will Smith's role of Captain Steve Hiller in Independence Day. Reflecting the superstar uh, rapper's life and death, stories and rumors that speculate about what his future career would have been will always be a mystery as they are mysterious as they are tragic. Which begs the question, had he lived on and he done Independence Day, would he have slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars? 
with that butterfly effect, I don't know that he would have married Jada Pinkett-Smith. But he could have possibly slapped Chris Rock for any other reason. (laughs) Just because he's fucking Tupac. Um, I guess here's a quote from I guess a quote from Samuel L. Jackson here. It's a Pac find uh, Pac found out that I worked for Brian Austin Green who was on 90210. Then he found out I worked on some movies. Oh, this is not from anyway. This is I don't know who this is quoting. So we always talked about his film career and stuff. He was telling me that he was supposed to read for George Lucas and them. They wanted him to be a Jedi. I'm serious. Samuel Jackson got Tupac's part. Uh, I guess this is the person they mentioned earlier in the article here. Uh, Pac said to me, old man, keep your fingers crossed. I've got three movies coming up. One of them, I've got to read for George Lucas. Now I'm just trying to picture Tupac here as a mace motherfucking Windu. It's hard to imagine anybody other than Sam, Sam motherfucking Jackson. And he probably wouldn't have had a purple lightsaber then. I wouldn't know that I would feel as I can't, you know, I like some of the, I mean, I like the song with him and Dre, like doing the, the stuff, uh, the fucking California song deal. Like, uh, <laughs> on top of my head, but like, I'm not, not big into Tupac, but you know, there's some shit that he did was pretty solid. Uh, but I can't imagine him as Mace Windu. That's that's a hard, it's hard to imagine. It's it's difficult, and it just seems wrong. Seems wrong. I I would hope that even if Tupac would have managed to not get murdered, um, that 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 uh, Sam Sam would have still still done it. That bad motherfucker still would have gotten that part. As I think George Lucas would have seen the light. That Samuel Jackson was the right man to play Mr. Waste. Waste. <laughs> I think the monster's wearing off. <laughs> my brain's not connected properly anymore to my mouth. Mace Windu. There we go. There's the name. <laughs> uh, if there is a Darth, Darth Binks man, I would I would love to see fucking Mace Windu versus Darth Binks. Windu Binks. Windu takes down Binks. That would be kind of interesting to to see like a, a a dark Sith as Jar, you know Jar Jar Binks going down the and becoming this just evil Sith and seeing his eyes just turn to like the snake eyes and shit and just fucking murdering young Jedi younglings and stuff. And then Mace Windu just, you know, fuck you. You're going down, Binks. <laughs> There's something great to that. I have nothing against uh, Ahmed Best, though. I, you know, I feel ba- I do feel bad for the guy. The guy that, of course, played Jar Jar Binks. But, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the character Jar Jar. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I know you worked real hard at it. And stuff, but you know, sometimes shit just doesn't work. <laughs> you seem fine as a Jedi. I think they could have given you a better fight scene with the against the clone troopers. Like you're just swinging a couple of lightsabers a little bit. Let's see, it actually, like uh, do some real real fighting. Hopefully, that their character they give him a little bit more and something else. Maybe he meets up with Ahsoka Tano in uh, in her series or something. I imagine we'll see that character pop up again. But we'll see. We'll see. It's uh, more things to look forward to. Uh, I should know, too, uh, today, actually, the March 25th is uh, when Danny Burris' birthday is uh, actually uh, Jackman's youngest son, uh, Ben. His, uh, his birthday is also today. But Danny been on the show uh, many times it's been years since Danny's been on and uh he turned the four nine one more year to the five oh till he that's all right one more year before he becomes a cop five <laughs> oh 50 oh man I feel like I'm gonna blink and it, I'm gonna be there so I should you know not say much about that I'd like 40s 40s are uh hurt my brain enough 
I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about hurting more physically than I do now. That's just not, that's just not pleasurable to think about. <laughs> it's like I'm there. But yeah, happy birthday to him. As uh, It'd be great to have him back on the show at some point. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I don't have like anybody on the show anymore. It's just, it's just me and Agent Mulder who occasionally chimes in as I'm staring at him. He's, he's not paying attention. Fox. No, I thought maybe I could get him to meow. <laughs> meow? No, now he's just going to wag his tail and pretend to ignore me as, uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm not doing that shit on command, dude. Not doing that shit on command. He's like, you can go to hell. I'm a cat, dude. I do what I want. I do what I want. Uh, anyway, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.